Is there not an entire section on this subject? I know yes. that I may have changed my mind in the meantime on that, so it's unfair. I may have I may have changed my mind about Mithra, for example. Is, is, your, is your book for sale about it? Yes, sir. But have you ever asked God for forgiveness? I'm not sure I have. I just go and try and do a better job from there. I don't think so. Let me tell you, 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 let me the word of the day is justice. If you saw my live video on Facebook earlier, that was the tease that I gave for today's podcast, uh, which was supposed to be yesterday's podcast, but uh, camera was acting all funky and would not focus, but seems to be fine today. Weird stuff that, you know, a couple weeks ago it was the sound. For whatever reason, the microphone just didn't work. Come back and it's working just fine. So for whatever reason, Technical difficulties pushing us off a day. Maybe it makes the podcast better. I don't know. Maybe I should just plan to do Tuesday mornings and not uh, try to do Mondays anymore. I don't know. But so there you go. But today we are going to talk about a little bit of justice in a few different ways. So first off, we got to talk about um, my friends up in Moscow, Idaho. Uh, Gabe Wrench uh, arrested Wednesday afternoon uh, during their psalm scene that they held at the city office building. Um, a little background behind what's happening. So the mayor, uh, Lambert, I believe is his name in Moscow, Idaho, just extended their mask mandate through uh, the beginning of January. Reality is there's absolutely no need for a mask mandate in Moscow, Idaho. COVID barely exists in this place. Um, they have zero hospitalizations through this whole thing in Moscow and zero deaths from COVID in, in the city of Moscow. So, um, and I'm not sure exactly if that, that includes all of Lada County or not, but so they, as a peaceful protest to this mask mandate, they decided to meet together in the city parking lot, in the city building parking lot, and seeing three psalms, the doxology, and go home, uh, and it, without masks, and that was the plan. They were going to come out with no masks. They were going to sing the songs just to. And, and again, they weren't carrying signs. It was it was just kind of a silent protest. Well, a vocal protest of just singing songs, worshiping God in this place, and so. If you notice in the video, if you've seen the videos, go check out uh, Cross Politics episode from Wednesday night. They did an episode. Um, Darren Doan recorded all of what went down that day. Probably going to put it in together into a phenomenal documentary um, because that's what Darren Doan does. And uh, so you can see in the parking lot, you can see circles that are painted on the ground. So the police caught wind of this was what was going to happen, showed up early, cleared out the parking lot, and painted, uh, they called them dots, but they're circles, uh, six feet apart from each other. So they would have the ability to say, 
you are not social distancing. You are not on these on these circles or on the dots. You are now we are going to cite you. Uh, so, of course, the first person they approach is Gabe to, to cite him. Uh, he does not want to provide his ID, which he should not have to because he's really technically not breaking any kind of laws. Um, this is this is if it's an unconstitutional executive order that was put forth by the mayor. There's no there's no evidence for a state of emergency in that area to mandate or to warrant such a mandate. So Gabe doesn't identify himself. He gets turned around and arrested. The amazing thing is, is they're walking him off. Uh, they're walking, perp walking him to the soundtrack of Amazing Grace playing in the background. Another couple, um, I can't remember their names. I've just, I just friended him on Facebook. And so, um, but he and his wife, Sean, I think it is, uh, were also arrested and they're walking them off to the doxology. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him, all creatures here below. Praise him above ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. This is the soundtrack as these police are walking these people out as they're being arrested for coming together with their church body in the city building parking lot and praising God. So, uh, again, and, and, and here's the, the, the interesting thing. And again, this I wouldn't have had this yesterday if I had done this podcast yesterday. Listening to... Um, cross politic from Sunday night this morning, uh, come to find out they took them to the jail where masks aren't required. <laughs> they arrest them for not wearing masks out in the open. They take them in and they put them in a cell right next to each other and don't require masks. They weren't social distancing in the jail. They weren't required to wear masks. None of this. This is ridiculous. Ridiculous. This is what tyranny looks like. I've said it before and I will continue to say it again. I think it is right for Christians to protest. And, and that's the, the thing that is going around through all the, you know, the people that have uh, Doug Wilson derangement syndrome and, you know, just absolutely hate Christ Church and their cult and their this and blah, blah, blah are saying that this is not something that Christians should do. We shouldn't be protesting Romans 13, blah, 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 blah. And this is an unconstitutional order. I think we should be protesting. I think as Christians, we should be standing up and letting our voices be heard. I mean, in doing so, we are not violating anything that, that would dishonor or cause us to sin in this. I mean, again, the Romans 13 thing, this is not what the government should be doing. There's no biblical precedent that you quarantine or you know mask those who are healthy. We quarantine those who are sick. We take care of those who are sick. But we let those who are healthy continue to live their lives. There, there, it, there's, it is impossible that we will avoid this, this virus forever. It's impossible. We what we need to do is get herd immunity, and, and again, apparently they're now saying that that that's not a good thing. And you know, the science where we've heard all all all, all my life, herd immunity is the thing we need, and now suddenly it's not. 
it, it, it is, it's so political. It's so ridiculous. I mean, even here in, in Utah, the fact that we have not gone back to 100% back to normal to green status is mind-boggling. So, again, uh, they had a, a second psalm scene Friday afternoon uh, where they had counter-protesters show up. Um, people were like, well, come and show and bring your masks and bring your drums and we'll drown them out. And apparently not a whole lot of people showed up because they didn't drown out nothing. You know, uh, Chuck Knox live streamed the whole thing. Um, it was amazing to watch, to, to sit here, watch it and sing along with them. Um, with nobody hearing me. I, I thought about, uh, you know, trying to do the camera and no. Um, but so it was, it was awesome. And again, three, three Psalms, doxology, bounce, we're out. And no arrests, no, you couldn't even see a cop anywhere. When somebody said they saw Chief Fry and he was heading the other direction. So again, this is, this is such a, a crazy political thing. I'm sure they're going to have more of these and, and so on as, as time goes on. This weekend, uh, they are in uh, Franklin, Tennessee for the Fight, Laugh, East conference, uh, October 1st through the 3rd. They're going to be live streaming it. If you're a, a Fight, Laugh, East club member, um, you can go sign up for that and uh, get that live stream. Um, I'm sure the, it'll be available afterwards and so on after all is said and done. Um, but it's going to be a great thing. I, I plan to watch most of the live streams as much as I can. And, you know, try to be part of it, even though I couldn't be there in Tennessee with all the guys and everything else. So uh, pray for them. Pray for, I mean, Gabe has now has a court date coming up where he's going to have to go in and and essentially fight this unconstitutional arrest and citation. I think five or six, maybe more people from the church were cited, and I hope they all go in and fight and none of them pay the fine. Because, this is, again, it is ridiculous to think that you're going to fine people or arrest people for standing in an open parking lot praising God. Justice, you, it, you decide. Uh, so our, our next talk about justice, we got to talk about Amy, Co Amy Coney Barrett, uh, uh, President Trump's nominee for uh, the Supreme Court to replace Ruth Bader Ginsburg, um, and she is just ticking off the, the leftists left and right. Um, it is, it's insane to see. Now, again, I, don't, I, I haven't been able to look into all of her you know, decision-making and stuff like that, but hearing from people that I, I, I trust, their opinions, Steve Dace, uh, Ben Shapiro, um, guys like that, she is a, a lock for a vote to overturn Roe, which again, if you've watched this podcast for any amount of time, I'm not a hundred. I'm I'm not confident at all. Even with Amy's vote to overturn Roe, I that's not going to happen. Remember, Roe was passed by uh, a Supreme Court that was a seven to two Republican uh, um, majority. Maybe it was a, a six three. I know that the decision was seven to two. 
um, but the the court at the time was uh, was majority Republican. So, I, I I have no great hopes. I pray that that Roe would be overturned, but I have no great hopes that it's actually going to happen. But apparently, Amy uh, Coney Barrett is the vote that we need to. Uh, one of the people that we need to do that. So her vote would be um, absolutely to overturn Roe. Uh, devout Catholic, uh, you can see in the picture, a mother of seven, um, two of which are adopted children from Haiti, uh, which has caused the left to go absolutely bonkers. So here's the deal. You know, with, with Gorsuch and with we saw the, the horrible things that they did to Kavanaugh, um, a character assassination for him. So it's really not possible for her. You're not going to, you're not going to find a guy to come out and go, you know, 20 years ago, she, you know, raped me or sexually assaulted me. That's not happening. So what, what are they doing now? They're, they're calling her a racist. Essentially. Um, They're saying that it's a, a, a white supremacist thing to adopt black children from Haiti. And, all, you know, so much, and, and it's like, I saw one of the greatest tweets earlier today, and I wish I could remember who it was, but they were like, um, are they gonna, uh, you know, start questioning Madonna, um, and, uh, Angelina Jolie, and all these other people who have adopted black children from other countries, um, whether it be war-torn countries, Somalia, and Rwanda, and, you know, places like that in, in Africa or Haiti or, you know, any of these places where, where there have been issues, where there have been children that need to be um, adopted and celebrities and so on, people with means to do so have adopted them. But no one's questioning the celebrities on the left who have done this stuff. But suddenly now that this, this mother of seven devout Catholic, devout Catholic uh, is nominated for the Supreme Court, suddenly it is racist to adopt black children. Um, somebody should probably tell my mother-in-law uh, because she's got uh, five of her six adopted children uh, are black. And so it's, someone should inform her that she's a white supremacist. And, um, you know, and someone should let, let all of my in-laws, my younger in-law, brother and sister's in-law, that, uh, you know, they were adopted by a white supremacist system and that, you know, they're apparently the, the upbringing that they got was just no good. Um, so, yeah, so this is ridiculous. And I, I'm, I dread to see what other stuff they're going to be able to, because again, this is not going to stick. This whole white supremacist adoption thing, it's its not going to get, it won't gain legs. I mean, you just, it's ridiculous to think that you can, can use the adoption of two black children. I mean, there's an amazing visual out there from the day before uh, the, the official nomination where she they were leaving, the family was packing up to go, uh, to Washington D.C. to receive this nomination, and there's a a picture of, or a video of her one son, the her black son, and then her youngest son with Down syndrome, and they're walking and they're holding hands and they're laughing and and so on and and so forth. I mean, just this amazing uh, picture of of a loving family, and you know she's the mother of of two black children, the mother of a special needs child. 
And so then they're all saying, well, how can she, you know, do all this and, and be a mom? And, you know, just the, the stuff is coming out of the woodwork and it's going to get worse. Um, I'm hoping that we'll see a really fast um, uh, confirmation hearing and that literally, I, I hope that she's confirmed before the election. And, uh, you know, according to Romney and, and uh, Murkowski and so on, the, the ones who people were afraid were going to be the no votes on the Republican side, they plan to vote and, and you know, as long as she's qualified. And that, again, that is, that's my desire. I want our, our Senate to look at her qualifications and make sure that they vote. If she's not qualified, don't vote for her. But if she is, then let's get her confirmed and, and pass through and get this, uh, you know, portion of what's going down behind us and get to the election, which tonight uh, we've got the first debate, which is going to be very entertaining. Um, I may, depending on what time it is and so on, I may, I may live stream it. I may live stream and comment on it as we go, or maybe I'll just sit and watch the blaze uh, do their commentary as it goes. So we'll see what happens tonight with the, uh, with the debates, but there's our, our Supreme court nominee. And actually of the three that Trump has, has put forth, this is the only one that I'm like, you know what, from what I hear and what I see, I agree with this nomination. I wasn't a hundred percent happy with Gorsuch. I really wasn't happy with Kavanaugh. I didn't think he was a rapist, but didn't think he was the, the guy we needed on the court. I would love to see Cruz, Mike Lee, Mike Lee's brother, Thomas Lee, um, any number of people um, that could be on the court that would be amazing additions to the Supreme Court. Again, I've said it before. Excuse me. I think I would rather see uh, Ted Cruz as president after Trump. Uh, before he becomes a uh, member of the court. That, that, that's my hope for Ted Cruz. Eight, eight years as president, and then the next president can nominate him to the court. So there you go, our next justice. And, of course, now we've got to talk about justice for Brianna. And this is the, you know, this is the, the hot topic, um, literally the hot topic as uh, uh, – is it Louisville that that is I can't remember what I think I think this there's so many riots and and protests going on across everything that I don't know but pretty sure it's Louisville is uh is burning because of the lack of justice for Breonna Taylor so Here's the deal. Let me just break it down where I stand on this. Um, I talked about it a little bit when all this first came out, but again, we hadn't didn't have all the um, information, all the the investigation, and so on. So, the initial um, narrative was she was shot and killed while laying in her bed asleep, and turns out that's not true. Uh, again, I didn't. At that point, I didn't think the police officers were guilty of murder. Um, it was a tragedy. From from day one, it was a tragic ev- a turn of events that uh, the police serving a no-knock warrant uh, where they actually did knock and announce, but 
what that did is it got her and her boyfriend out of bed, him with gun in hand, and when they started walking, the door flies off the hinges, he fires at the police, they return fire, um, six bullets of which uh, struck Breonna Taylor. Now there's... I hate to get into this because, again, there's no way to prove it or not. But this is this is what happens when we get into this situation is there's far too many people on the right on my side of, of issues that just take it to an extreme. And they're like, oh, he used her as a human shield. We don't know that. We don't know if it, if he used her as a human shield or not. And, and to get into those weeds is ridiculous. But. Granted, he fired at the police. Now, again, she, her ex-boyfriend is a drug dealer. Whether or not this guy is a drug dealer, I don't know. But so there, and apparently from the, the testimony of him, they did not know it was police. It was just somebody pounding on the door. They did not hear them announce themselves as police. So you've got a girlfriend whose ex-boyfriend is a drug dealer who, you know, who knows what other stuff we're mixed up in and so on. But now you, it's a, it's the middle of the night. It's late at night. Someone is pounding on your door. Could be drug dealers. Could be any number of things. You still go out to investigate. Door flies off the hinges. You boom. You shoot. It's a, it. If this had happened in my house, someone in my household would likely be dead. Because I cannot see that I would have done anything differently than what went down in her place. I mean, of course, I wouldn't have the, the history of, of drug dealing and so on. So to, I doubt the police would have a reason to serve a no-knock warrant to my house, right? But putting myself in the same situation, I can't imagine any of this playing out any differently. I hear somebody start pounding on my door. I'm grabbing my gun, and I'm going to investigate. If I'm at the door and it flies off the hinges, my instinct is going to be fire because my goal is to protect my family and my home, right? You know, it's funny that the narrative that they're saying of, of people who are protecting their stuff and firing, you know, shooting at, at rioters and looters and stuff like that to protect their stuff. Well, you value life more than your property. No one's saying that about Breonna Taylor's boyfriend. He was literally valuing her life and his life and the property inside their home. And he fired and it, it led to a tragic turn of events that unfortunately cost this young lady her life. Did any of these policemen commit murder? No. I mean, the one officer that is being indicted is for endangering the people in another apartment because he fired without being knowing what direction he was firing at and some of his bullets passed through the wall into the other apartment where there was apparently a pregnant lady and children um, in this other apartment, which he endangered. So he's being indicted on that, but none of the other officers are being indicted for anything because again, it, it this went according to how it should have happened. Um, they served the warrant they did and it, it turned bad and, it, and it's tragic but it's not illegal it's not 
um, murder. It's not anything that, and the and the city has has settled with her family to a tune of twelve million dollars, apparently. So they, you know, whatever admission of guilt or whatever they they settle with the family, but there will be no criminal charges against the the officers that shot and killed Breonna Taylor. Um, the officer that shot and didn't come anywhere near killing Breonna Taylor is going to be indicted for reckless endangerment of the people in the next apartment. So again, it, it, it comes back to the place where we look at what is justice? What is justice? And, and again, I say and again a lot. I'm working on that. In the Ahmad Arbery case and immediately afterwards, George Floyd and so on, I remember the having the conversation a bit with, with Alexander Wade from Wrath and Grace um, on those shows. And there was a criticism of people like uh, Candace Owen and so on who are always like, let's wait for all the details. Yes, there's a point in time where, where we wait for details. In a situation like this where the initial thing, we don't know a whole lot. We need to wait for details. In a situation like Ahmaud Arbery where we can see pretty much what exactly what went down. I mean, it's not a matter because again, some, a lot of times when you say waiting for the details is finding out what kind of criminal past they have. We saw it with, with George Floyd. We saw it with Ahmaud Arbery, you know, well, he was trespassing and da, 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 da. In some way trying to justify that these people were, were killed. Well, again, Ahmaud Arbery, no matter what amount of trespassing he may have done, which he didn't do, he was wandering around a, a, an unfinished construction site, checking it out, and then he continued on his way um, and was shot in the street by vigilantes. There's no, nothing he did prior to that justified the actions that they took to take his life. Nothing that George Floyd did leading up to the point in time where Derek Chauvin put his knee on his neck warranted the next nine minutes, eight and a half minutes. I can see, and again, putting your knee on a man's neck is ridiculous. Putting it in his back, holding him down, so on and so forth, fine. Restraining him for a short period of time, okay. But... There were two other officers holding him down. He was restrained. The at the eight minutes and 30 seconds that followed of Derek Chauvin's knee on his neck is what constitutes the murder of George Floyd. And I'll stand by that. I will, I will not back down. I don't care how many videos you show me of him on drugs or anything like that. I stand by the fact that it was the nine minutes under the knee of Derek Chauvin that caused George Floyd to die, and that was murder. Um, Breonna Taylor, it was a tragic turn of events that caused her to die. That, that maybe it didn't need to happen. I mean, it, any number of things go differently, and she does not have to die. But, as again, waiting for details was like, well, now we need to find a way to justify what happened. Where the police, uh, I saw, a, 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 I can't remember who it was that tweeted or Facebook, where they said, being within the bounds of, of what is legal doesn't necessarily mean being within the bounds of what is right. 
did this warrant have to be served late at night? Could they have not, you know, in first thing in the morning, you know, surrounded the apartment with, you know, and, and come out, you know, we need to talk to you kind of thing. Could they have done that? Now, there was fear, whether or not there was fear of flushing um, drugs or, or whatever that may have happened. This could have gone down differently. I, I, again, I'm not a cop. I don't know. I can't. But I've heard you know people talk to other police officers saying, well, this is the way we do ours and, and, and so on. So things could have been done differently, but unfortunately they weren't. And it, that, so playing whataboutism doesn't help. It doesn't bring her back. It doesn't change any of the situations. But but digging deep into her background to, to try to, to convince people that, oh, well, this was a hardened criminal that, that deserved death. No, that doesn't work either. I mean, even when you go to the extreme case of like Michael Brown, nothing that he did warranted death until he started fighting with Darren Wilson over a gun. And that was... Darren had the right to protect himself and that cost Michael Brown his life. But that's the only one of these myriad of situations where we can look at and go, he took this to the extreme end that cost him his own life. Philandro Castile, Eric Garner, Freddie Gray, none of these had to happen had to end with death. None of the crimes that they committed warranted a death sentence, but uh, all these tragic series of events that cost these people their lives. And then again, it's not just a black and white thing. And I know my, my, my brothers and, uh, and sisters that are, are of color are looking at this and they're, they're seeing it a certain way because that's what gets put on the, the internet. That's what they see. And I know that every one of you have endured different issues of racism and stuff like that, not questioning any of that. But again, there's another situation very similar to Breonna Taylor. And I, I got had the guy's name for a minute and it, it slips my mind now. But almost the same thing, a no-knock warrant served to his apartment. Apparently he was, when all was said and done, he ended up back on his bed. So the, the narrative of whether or not he was shot in his bed while he was sleeping or, or whether he was up and it just put him back on the bed. But again, same situation. Only difference is this guy was white and we haven't heard a single thing about it. I had to literally go look up his name. You know, guy in Phoenix, and, and I had his name again. I want to say Ryan Whitaker or something to that effect. A, a noise complaint at 1030 at night. Police knock on the door. Pound, 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 right? Your, your typical police knock. You know, and it's not, you know, it's not a neighbor borrowing sugar. They're pounding on the door. So he comes to the door. He's got gun at his side. He opens the door, realizes it's the police, goes to put it down. Before he can get the gun down on the ground, he's filled full of holes. We didn't hear about that because it didn't meet the narrative that was out there um, to make it a, a, a huge deal. Yeah, I can't. I'm not denying the fact that racism exists. I'm not denying even the fact that I, I well, I, I have in past episodes said I don't believe that systemic racism exists in this country anymore. Once, you know, we've, we've worked to, to remove that. Is there 
is there a residual effect of Jim Crow and slavery and stuff like that that have caused, uh, you know, poverty and, and so on and, and, and a difficult time advancing for um, people of color? Yes, I recognize all of that. But I don't, I can't find in any of these except for maybe Ahmaud Arbery and maybe Trayvon Martin and an absolute this was based upon race you know again it, it just it, it they weren't going to her house to kill her because she's a black woman they went to her house to question her to 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 get information on an investigation they're doing about her ex-boyfriend her death was never the intention i don't know that you know Again, any number of these these uh, deaths that have happened, that that was the intention. I can't find the evidence that says this was done because they were black. I can see that the evidence that this has become a uh, you know national news and and so on because they are black. And I mean, that's because of Black Lives Matter and stuff like that and the riots and the protests and so on that happen that accentuate all of this. And so, again, they're, they're going to be saying that the justice didn't happen. Well, they are saying that justice didn't happen for Brianna. But literally, we watched and we saw the, the um, attorney general of Kentucky come out and lay everything out. And this is the investigation. We saw the steps of the justice system doing what they are supposed to do. And and they came forth with a verdict. Not a lot of people agree with it. But I think what we can say is the justice system did what it was supposed to do in this case. Um, whether you agree with it or not, I think we have the evidence um, that justice was played out. And ultimately, again, it comes back to the fact that and all of these things and all of these situations, we as Christians, we have to fall back on the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it is, it is, it is the gospel of, of Jesus Christ. It is the fact that he went to the cross and paid the penalty for my sin, took my heart of stone and gave me a heart of flesh that I can even say I love anybody. You know, black, white, whatever. It is the, the change that has happened in me through Christ that has that causes me, you know, to to resist any kind of hate. And that's gonna be what is going to change the hearts of, of the the hardest racist and the leftist liberal is the gospel of Christ. And that was what we as Christians, and I'm not saying we don't do anything else but preach the gospel, but first and foremost, the gospel has to be preached. Because again, it doesn't do us any good to do any kind of social justice stuff, whatever that looks like, without sharing the gospel. Because then all we're doing is we're, we're, we're giving these people something and then sending them on to the kingdom of hell. With no, with, with no gospel to go along with it. So the gospel has got to come first. We have got to find ourselves in that place where we preach the gospel at all times and we use words because they are necessary. And until next week, Soli Deo Gloria. Mm-hmm.